This afternoon's sermon is on the word of the Lord as summarized in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 50. And you can find that Lord's Day on page 562 of our Book of Praise. Lord's Day 50. And here we have question and answer 125. Our question is, what is the fourth petition? Answer, give us this day our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, our Creator, made us so that we all hunger and thirst. All of us need to eat and drink. On a daily basis, we can find ourselves in the kitchen preparing some kind of food to eat in order to satisfy our hunger. Of course, this food and drink arrives in our kitchens from somewhere. Some may come from our personal gardens, but still much comes from the grocery stores. And I'm sure we have all noticed that prices are on the rise. When we arrive home from the store, we we may even catch ourselves looking at the receipt, shaking our heads and asking, how? How did it add up to that much? The rise in prices may bring added stress and anxiety into our lives. How will we keep up with the rise in costs? Everything seems to be going up. Our Lord Jesus tells us not to be anxious, but rather to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. For our Heavenly Father knows we need food and drink, and he will give good things to those who ask him. And that's what I will preach to you this afternoon under this theme and points. Our theme, the Lord Jesus teaches us that our Heavenly Father is the only fountain of all good. Our points, our first points, ask for our Father is good. Second, receive, for our Father is good. And thirdly, trust, for our Father is good. Our first point then, ask, for our Father is good. Brothers and sisters, and that includes you as well, boys and girls, at a very young age, we are often taught the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure many of the children sitting here this afternoon know the prayer well, and we're excited to hear it being read. 
And one of the requests we read that Jesus taught us to pray is, give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, verse 11. This is known as the fourth petition. And this is the question that we have before us in Lord's Day 50 of the Catechism. What is the fourth petition? What are we requesting from our Heavenly Father when we ask, give us this day our daily bread? And although bread is largely seen as a staple food across all cultures, there are some food trends such as going keto, which avoid bread altogether. So the broad definition of what, we, what is meant by bread in our Lord's Day is helpful to us. We confess that our daily bread includes all our bodily needs. We are asking our Heavenly Father for everything essential for our existence, everything necessary for us to function. That means that our prayer not only includes what we notice on our tables, but it has a far greater scope. It includes the air that we breathe. It includes clothing, shelter, the fuel we put in our vehicles, and other necessities of life. When we ask our Heavenly Father for our daily bread, we are also praying for the whole process of how these essentials the food, drink, shelter, clothing, etc., arrive in our possession. We are praying for the availability of housing. We are praying that our Father provides the weather necessary for the crops to grow. We are praying for a successful harvest for the farmers. We are praying for the health and growth of cows, chickens, and pigs. We are praying for the mills and plants that package goods and the delivery and placing of those products into the stores. When we ask for our daily bread, we are acknowledging that this whole economic structure and all its complex mechanisms operate under the care of our Heavenly Father's uh, providential care. Yes, He created all things, and he did not abandon this world, but governs and directs all things. Nothing under his sovereign reign comes by chance, but all good things flow from him alone. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, He is teaching us to go to our Heavenly Father in humility and to ask Him for our daily needs. We are confessing our dependence upon our Father. He created us with hunger and thirst, and we turn to Him and ask that He satisfies those needs. He is the Creator, and we are created beings completely dependent upon him. In the Belgian Confession, Article 1, we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that God is good and the overflowing fountain of all good. And we notice similar language here. You, you 
that is our Father, are the only fountain of all good. And as we approach our Father in prayer, then we are acknowledging His goodness. His goodness is His undeserved kindness to all creation. And we can think of the fact that both the righteous and the wicked receive their food from God. Both are created with bodies that hunger and thirst, and he satisfies them. He satisfies both the righteous and the wicked. Both also receive rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. Acts 14, verse 17 this, this is him being gracious and displaying his goodness towards all mankind. Yet, this does not mean that he is being merciful to all. God's mercy is his undeserved saving grace. God's mercy is only for his children. Just because God is good towards the wicked towards unbelievers, does not mean that he is merciful towards the wicked, for he is also just. And his justice demands punishment for sins. A punishment that was satisfied by Christ's death on the cross. This satisfaction by Christ is not for the unbeliever who refuses to acknowledge that rain and food testify to God's goodness. The unbeliever remains under God's wrath. As his children, unlike the wicked, we must acknowledge God's goodness. And Christ teaches us to acknowledge our Heavenly Father and to ask Him for His provision with boldness. We see this in, in the way it's phrased, the petition's phrased. Give us this day. Give us this day. This is a, a fairly assertive way to ask for the essentials. Give us this day. Perhaps you have heard the rhyme. Give me, give me, never gets. Don't you know your manners yet? Yet the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray, give us. We are able to ask with boldness. Why? Because of God's promises. He knows our needs, Matthew 6 verse 32, and the Holy Spirit says that God, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, will supply our every need. Philippians 4 verse 19. Also, give us has a communal aspect to it. When we pray, we're not only praying for ourselves, but we are praying for all who are members of the covenant of grace. We're asking our Heavenly Father to remember His covenant promises for all His children, near and far. It is good then that kids, as well as adults, are taught to pray this petition. A reminder for those who are parents to teach your children the Lord's Prayer. They also experience our Heavenly Father's goodness and love and receive the gifts that He provides. 
Our Lord Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Matthew 7, verse 7. And this will bring us to our second point. Our second point, receive for our Father is good. When we ask for our daily bread, our bodily needs, we ask in anticipation of receiving it. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to the essentials of life, we can expect him to give us what is needed, for he is good. Jesus says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Matthew 7, verse 11. We can expect to receive from him all good things necessary for our bodies. What our confession does not mention is the amount received. And this is important because it means that regardless of whether God provides us with plenty or little, we must acknowledge him as the only fountain of all good. And this is not easy for us as sinners. When we work hard, we expect results. Results that are based on our own efforts. And when there are little to no results, we battle the temptation of becoming resentful, discontent, bitter, and anxious because we put so much worth into our own care and labor. This can happen to business owners who are trying to start up a company, athletes who are training for a competition, or mission workers. On the other hand, when our Father does provide us with plenty of gifts, we battle the urge of pride and complacency in prayer. And these are sins that we must be aware of. God warns us through his messenger James that we are not to be deceived. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights. James 1 verse 17. Brothers and sisters, we must acknowledge that whether we receive little or much, it all comes from our Father's hand. He does not owe us anything. It is only by his unmerited favor that we receive his gifts. These gifts cannot do us any good without his blessing. Whether we receive good things from our own labor or from our neighbor, these are only but the means by which we receive them. The source of all good things is our heavenly Father and his blessing. That is why we confess that he is the only fountain of all good. And, and Jesus teaches us this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. After fasting for 40 days and nights in the wilderness, Jesus was hungry. And Satan came to tempt him by saying, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus answered Satan while quoting the Old Testament 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus humbled himself into his Father's care. He understood that the Father directs all things with his mouth. His mouth from which, all, from which his words brought all things into existence for the benefit of his people. And today it is not uncommon to hear some say that food is a natural human right. Many say everyone deserves to eat. Everyone deserves to eat. And this understanding does not fully submit to God's providence, nor does it fully acknowledge his goodness. Sometimes God, in his sovereignty, decides to let his people hunger. And this is what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. God brought his people out of Egypt into the wilderness, and he let his people hunger. He did so to humble them, and then he fed them. Food, drink, clothing, shelter, these are all gifts from the Lord. Consider how he fed Adam and Eve in paradise. He gave them trees that were good for food. And after the fall, God made for them garments of skin and clothed them. Genesis 3, verse 21. God, in his goodness, provides humans with food, even though they are undeserving. As his children who receive all good things from him, whether much or little, we need to be content. And this is what Paul had to learn as well. He wrote to the church in Philippi, For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Strengthened by the grace of God, Paul was able to be content in whatever situation he was placed in. We pray that God will also strengthen us through his spirit and word to be content in all circumstances of, in life. For we must keep in mind, as the psalmist writes, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of the many wicked. Psalm 37, verse 16. God is most gracious and merciful to his children, for he is good. Strengthened by God's sovereign grace, our eyes will be opened up to his goodness in our lives. And we will come to see that all good things, all food and drink that are given here on earth, are but a foretaste. They're but a foretaste of the paradise to come. For in the end times, when Jesus Christ returns, all who believed in him and who he redeemed will have shelter in his presence.
They will hunger no more, nor thirst any more. For he will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Revelation 7, verse 16 through 17. We may struggle with worry and anxiety here on earth, concerned about our material needs. But in Christ, we look forward to receiving a glorious inheritance. Yet, we must trust this to be the case in order to experience contentment and joy in our present circumstances. And this will lead us to our third point. Our third point, trust for our God is good, for our Father is good. Some who are anxious about the future will work extremely hard so that they can experience peace of mind. Take, for example, the man who built larger barns in Luke chapter 12. This man said to his soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. Whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There is a danger. There is a danger of creating a false sense of security by stockpiling food or wealth. If, as God's people, we receive a great deal in this life, we may no longer see the need for praying. When we no longer pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are no longer acknowledging him as our sovereign provider. And in a similar way, if there is a poor person who steals, he or she also lacks trust that God will provide. This is why the display text at the beginning of the service read, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Proverbs 30, verse 8. Whether we are rich or poor, trusting in and acknowledging our Heavenly Father may be a struggle. When we no longer acknowledge Him, our faith is no longer solely in God, our Creator alone. Instead, we as creatures are trusting in the material blessings, the goods, the created objects, the gifts that we have received. They become our comforter. They become our security and our source of peace. And the opposite is also true. When we have not received much, we may lack faith that God will provide. In our reading from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 onwards, we notice Jesus teaching the crowd that since their heavenly Father feeds the birds and clothes the grass, grasses of the fields, how much more so will he feed and clothe them since they are more valuable to him? And then Jesus admonishes them with these words, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? 
or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear. Why? Because our Heavenly Father knows that we need them all. We are not to be anxious about such things because our Father, who is good, knows we need the essentials of life. Jesus reminds us that our Father provides for the birds and the lilies. He has created them, and He cares for them. And how much more will He care for His children, those who are created in His image? We are more precious to Him than any other creature. We, His covenant children, are bought and paid for with the blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. We can trust then that God will give what is needed. Jesus Christ says in John chapter 15, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is what Jesus promises those who receive his words, that if they acknowledge his Father by asking him for whatever is needed, they will receive what is needed. And how can Jesus make such a promise? When we pray to our Heavenly Father, Jesus is our mediator, our advocate. Whatever we pray, he intercedes before the Father on our behalf. And since his will and the Father's are one, which led him to a life of perfect obedience and his sacrifice on the cross, we can be sure that we will obtain all we ask of the Father. John 15, verse 16. And this is why we pray, in the name of Jesus, for he will never leave us, nor forsake us. Hebrews 13, verse, verse 5. For the sake of Jesus Christ, when we ask the Father, give us this day our daily bread, he will provide all that is needed. He will not give us a stone if we ask for bread. And he will not give us a serpent if we ask for fish. For if earthly fathers, sinful earthly fathers, are willing to provide good gifts to their children when they ask, how much more so will our holy and good Father in heaven give good things to us when we ask him? We confess then that our Father in heaven is the only fountain of all good. And we must remove all our trust from all creatures, all material objects, such as money and possessions, and place it in Him alone. It is only by doing this that we will receive joy and peace during times of anxiety. As God's messenger, Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, 
by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes, we may worry and grow concerned when the prices of food in the stores are on the rise. Or when our children outgrow their clothes and need more. But the Spirit teaches us that in Christ Jesus, our hearts and minds are guarded against anxiety when we pray. When we ask our Heavenly Father, give us this day our daily bread for Jesus' sake. For he is the only fountain of all good, and his goodness overflows for his children. To him be the honor and glory forever. Amen.